Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Career Chats. This week we have a really exciting guest with us, someone that is near and dear to our hearts and also in our fellow authorship little book club we have going on. It's more of a little creator channel, I guess. We have Philip Kylie with us today. We're going to be talking all about CS degrees and how to succeed in college and the myths around getting a degree. Woo! <laughs> Thank you awesome. both for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So excited to have you. Uh, so our first topic is going to be about credentials. Uh, you know, uh, Randall and I went to boot camps that we, did, we didn't graduate in CS degrees. Um, and you just graduated, from what I understand. Yeah, that's true. Uh, class of 2020 graduated in May. Wow, congratulations. Congratulations. graduation, what a though. Weird time to graduate, yeah. Uh, so, what are your feelings about credentials? Or, what are your credentials, I guess? <laughs> In May 2020, I graduated from Grinnell College, which is a top 20 national liberal arts college. I held a BA with honors in computer science. I was also awarded the Robert N. Noyce Senior Student Award as part of my graduation. So, I kind of have a lot of the academic gold stars or green check marks or whatever that you could expect. And what I wanted to talk about today is how some of those things are really useful, but a lot of them aren't nearly as necessary as you think they would be. I love that. You are by far the most credentialed person in this podcast right now. <laughs> I think what we're going to find out as well is that Philip has a bunch of other credentials related to writing that helped him uh, get his project started. Uh, but before that, I think we are going to address some ish, some misconceptions that people have about CS degrees. We, we you know we have we have three myths that we prepared here. Uh, the first myth is that you only learn dead languages in college. Uh, I thought that was semi true. Uh, tell us how it's wrong. Yeah, so it's not entirely wrong. You you do sometimes have a class like my first ever computer science class. We learned Scheme, which is a version of Lisp that no one really uses in the real world. But the reason that they chose that language is because this way people coming in with prior experience and people with no experience would be on even footing for this first semester because no one's used Scheme before. No one's learned how to think in this functional programming manner before. But from there, like a lot of curriculums, ours went into things like C and Java and Ruby on Rails and other things that you might actually be expected to know for a job or you might want to use to make an independent project. So while some schools can be a little bit behind the industry on different languages and toolings and whatnot, it's not like 20 years ago where you're learning Fortran and Pascal. A lot of schools, most schools are going to be teaching languages that people actually use to do real work. I like that the school kind of put everyone on an equal footing because that seems so rare in technology these days. It seems like you would walk into the class and this is what I pictured for a CS degree anyway and think, oh, wow, okay, everyone knows so much more than me. It's overwhelming, but I love that they just immediately were like, okay, everyone's on the same footing now. Yeah, lots of people who'd written code before were, in fact, worse off because they were used <laughs> to solving problems with if statements and objects, and they didn't know how to use recursion to solve the same kinds of problems. Yeah, I think scheme and list in general is also an interesting choice because it's exactly the kind of language that you would not be exposed to uh, in, in, a, in a practical setting, <laughs> for good or worse. But it really teaches you something with uh, 
how you know i guess lisp you know it's the whole code is a data structure uh type of idea which is a very prototypical idea for a lot of other concepts of language design um and i want to learn it myself so <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of jealous that you, that you were forced to learn it and now you know it <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I definitely wasn't jealous of being forced to learn it at the time, <laughs> but I realized how it made me a better developer. So I kind of want to ask, Philip, how many, like, what do you think about the skills that you learned in school preparing you for a dev job? Do you feel like you learned enough about, like, say, JavaScript or common frameworks used today or, like, Git tools? Like, how do you think you were prepared for that? What college did for me is it taught me how to learn. So rather than equipping me with any particular set of tools, it equipped me with the deeper skills to pick up a tool and begin to understand it, relate it to other concepts that I might have learned, relate it to some computer science fundamentals. And so while in class, I didn't necessarily learn like JavaScript, for example, all that much, I was able to learn how to learn in ways that made it easy for me to pick up JavaScript out of class. They didn't really teach you JavaScript in college, I guess? No. Um, my, my skills with JavaScript, Python, and Django, basically everything I've ever used to make a project or write code at a job, uh, all of those languages I learned outside of class. I think that's, just, that's kind of the trade-off between boot camps and colleges. You know, How can boot camps teach you in three months and, and get you a job and then colleges teach you take you four years i think it's it's this difference between like a trade school and a general you know academic pursuit um boot camps are trade schools and they they give you the immediate skills that you need to 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 get the job and be productive in the job but they don't necessarily prepare you for like the long-term aspects of uh the the meta skills that that you need uh to to have a great career i think colleges are, are are a good good way to cover the fundamentals that you need for that and let me let me tell you, I certainly wish that we'd spent more than a couple semesters on languages that did have those outside of the classroom um, impacts. Although I do have to say part of that is just due to the particulars of the jobs I've taken. I know lots of students uh, from my school work in jobs where they use the three semesters of Java that we had, and they use Java every single day in their work. So it also just yeah. depends on what you do after school. For people in college right now, MIT actually has a course on YouTube called "The Missing Semester," where they actually kind of teach you the fill, like the, the the gaps in skills that you may need. So, like they teach Git in, in one of the classes, and uh, that's useful for even if you're not in college. But um, I think I think people re recognize that uh, they do want to fill in some gaps when they when they get out into the real world. So, something you mentioned before the show, Philip, um, you said all degrees are not the same. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, there's kind of a perception, I think, sometimes that a CS degree is a CS degree. And any good school is going to prepare you with these fundamental skills that, that you need. But within schools, there's a wide variety of different types of programs that you can look at. So some schools are going to be extremely technical. You're going to take three, maybe four classes every semester are going to be in STEM, whereas other schools like the one I went to, are much more liberal arts-based, where you might only have one or two classes each semester in one of your core STEM topics, and then you're also taking history and English and all these other topics. And so with that, it just means that if you're looking for a school to go to to get a CS degree, 
you should think about what else you want to do besides computer science. And if the answer is, I don't want to do anything besides computer science, then you probably want to go to a school that has Institute of Technology or tech in its name. Um, and if you want to do a lot of other things and pursue tons of different interests, you probably want to go to a school with a liberal arts style curriculum. And there's a whole spectrum in between these. So that just means that when you're thinking about, if you're a student thinking about a program, or if you're a hiring manager looking at someone's resume, not all CS degrees mean the same thing. Interesting. I would have never thought about that. I feel like most of my career has been focused on, you know, what kind of coding boot camp you should go to and selecting that. So it's fascinating to hear about kind of the degree version of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's another there's another version of this where I see a lot of people getting into like management and info systems type degrees where it's kind of like a MBA type thing with some tech. And I feel like actually, if you already know how to code, that one's an interesting one because uh, it teaches teaches you the meta stuff around code. I don't know. Have you seen those? In my college, there were a lot of degrees besides computer science where people took computer science classes and were able to apply computing. Um, for example, most math majors took one or two statistics courses that involved programming in R, and physics majors were invited to take a few semesters of computer science. And actually, something funny about my college in particular is no computer science class would teach you Python, but there's a physics class that would. Um, and so lots of, lots of other majors are coming into computer science to grab certain aspects that are useful in their fields. And I think that can be another great option for people who want to pick up computing skills, but also want to study a subject that they might be more passionate about. I think that leads us into our last myth, which is uh, that all computer science degrees are bachelors of sciences. I I've actually thought that. There are two types of four-year undergraduate degrees offered in the United States. There's the Bachelor's of Arts, or a BA degree, and a Bachelor's of Science, or a BS degree. And there's a long history behind each of these things. But one common misconception is that the program determines the degree. And in some schools, especially larger schools like state schools, that can be the case. You know, technical programs are going to offer a BS degree, and non-technical programs are going to offer a BA degree. But what actually is more often a determining factor is the type of school you go to. So if you go to a liberal arts college of any kind, you know, we're talking like, like Williams and, and Amherst and those sort of places all the way down the list, you're probably going to be receiving a BA degree regardless of what you study. Meanwhile, other schools that are extremely technical in nature might only offer BS degrees. So kind of going back to not all CS degrees are exactly the same, it really is a reflection more of the type of school than the type of program, whether or not you have a BA or a BS. So I have a BA, even though my degree is highly technical. And I think that no one really cares. You know, no, no hiring manager is going to be going through resumes and saying, oh, this is a BA, that's, that's, that's worthless. And similarly, they're not going to think like, oh, BS, like this is a real degree. So it's, it's kind of just a holdover from, uh, from, from earlier times in academia, and I don't really think it matters anymore. Uh, I could share it because uh, my degree was in economics, um, and there is the same divide between BA and BS. Um, I would say that the one place where this matters is visa applications, because sometimes they, they shard by whether you have a BS degree or not. 
it's 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 nonsense but you know that that's one that's one area where it actually does matter sometimes yeah that's that is an important thing to bring up because <laughs> a lot of people including many of my friends uh are did come to the united states as international students um and computer science is at my school one of the most popular majors for international students and so anything concerning f1 status and immigration and all that sort of stuff is really worth talking about in the context of thinking about computer science degrees because you know 20 25% of your classmates might be from other countries so then there's always this topic of extracurriculars i guess um is it important for people since you know your main qualification is that you're going to have a cs degree that seems good enough for most people what do you think your main qualification is not that you're going to have a CS degree. I think that what really matters is what you do outside the classroom, especially with what we've been talking about, about how, while you're going to learn important skills and useful languages, but maybe not exactly the ones you want for the type of work you want to do, it's really essential to work on stuff outside the classroom doing a CS degree. And the thing is, This is where I think that a boot camp and a CS degree start to come together in terms of offering kind of the same thing. Because in my experience, what was most useful about college is that it was a framework, this this structured environment to set my extracurriculars up within and around some, some structure for them to kind of push against. So I spent, you know, especially in my senior year, I probably spent more time working on independent projects than working on homework and whatnot. And it was the hackathons, like it was, I, I got I got my first uh, job in computer science, not by sending a bunch of resumes with my GPA on them. I got my first job in computer science by going to a hackathon and winning a sponsored prize and talking to the guy who was representing that company and convincing him that he needed an intern. Um, so that's that's where I think that the CS degree and non-CS degree experience kind of come together is in independent projects. That's really interesting. I never kind of thought of that intersection between them and how that would be similar. Uh, this is another thing for people maybe in college or just out of college who got non-computer science degrees is I bet you any smart hiring manager is going to take, you know, an economics major who built software independently on the side over a computer science major who didn't. I really wish hiring worked that way in finance because uh, (laughs) that did not work out for me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is more about you. Um, Yeah, but I I totally agree that, like, if your main qualification is a CS degree, then uh, you're you're stuck in a pool with other CS degrees. And I think you really made yourself stand out when you won that hackathon or, you know, when when you stood out in that hackathon. Um, But I, I think also, you know, you started writing for... You know, you know all the all the trade publications in, in web development, and, and that give you the credentials for uh, writing for software developers, right? What, what's did. the impetus for like what like no normal CS degree student does that? Like, what what made you start doing that? <laughs> That's true. I thought you were actually much older, Philip, and had been out of college for a while because you'd already written a book and you've done so but many it's amazing such a hack. things already. <laughs> because he, yeah, because he did it, then like we just automatically put him in that category of everyone else who does these kind of things. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's genius. It's genius. I spend a lot of time pretending that I'm way older than I am um, because I try to hang out professionally with people like the two of you who have already sort of made some serious strides in your careers and might be 
on your second or third or fourth positions. Um, yeah. So secret to break to the audience. I'm 21 years old. Um, I, I tend to try and cover for this. I, tre- I tend to try and cover for this by doing things in, you know, fortunately, computer science is and, and tech in general is the sort of field where youth is celebrated. So it's, it's not it's it's honestly it's not really a burden and in fact like sometimes it can help me you know people are like oh he's so cool because he's young but i don't really think that but anyway um i'm i'm lucky that in the field of tech youth is youth is seen as a positive attribute um but but anyway um so this is going back to the idea of maybe a liberal arts pr- curriculum versus a full institute of technology curriculum in that every semester I was writing tons of essays and and papers and different long form writing. I did journalism for two semesters. I did a lot of structured time and structured writing with short deadlines. And so because of that, I was able to take those skills of saying, okay, I need to put 2000 words on a page like now. And I was able to take that and apply it to, explaining technical concepts. And so it just felt like a very natural transition, a very normal thing for me to be doing to just be writing a paper. Uh, It just happened that instead of sending it to a professor, I would send it to an editor and have it get published. Yeah, that that makes so much sense. And I think that, you know, the stuff that you publish externally gets you more mileage than anything that you send to your professor. I think the other (laughs) thing I, I I like to think about as well is that um, in college, people are paid to read what you write. Like professors are kind of paid to read what you write, and then it, it totally reverses when you come come out into the real world. Like you have to, your writing has to be compelling enough to stand on its own, and and then you and then people pay you uh, for your writing. So you, it really has to be a whole lot better. Um, and I think because of that amount of skin in the game, uh, you 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 push yourself harder, and uh, I think it really shows. Yeah, and that's something that I experienced my senior year when I was making that transition. And I found that my professors were incredibly helpful resources as I was trying to get into this world of just 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 into the tech industry outside the walls of my college in general, because they were willing to look at code with me and one even, you know, one time I was even writing this article and I had a professor contribute a quote to it, which was super nice. So I just was able to take full advantage of the resources available to me. Like, I, I kind of think if you're going to start a business, college is not a bad place to do it because you have a lot of social support around you, a lot of structured environment and a ton of access to super experienced super impressively credentialed, super smart people who are all super invested in seeing you succeed. And so that's that's another real advantage of doing this stuff in college is that you have all those resources. Yeah, I totally agree. I think looking back, if I could have gotten a CS degree, I would have, you know, I would have loved to get yeah, one. But same. looking back now, I'm like, gosh, I, I think everyone who has one, it's just, you know, you're you're ahead of the crowd already. I don't think it could ever hurt to get a CS degree. I feel like I can't, you know, say, oh, don't get a CS degree, go to boot camp. I don't think I've ever said that. I think I've always, I try to lean towards, you know, if you can get a CS degree, get one because it's going to be so useful. And it seems like it's just been very useful for you so far. 
Yeah, they are useful. They're not necessary. They're not essential. But there's a reason that so many people get them every year, which is that they, they, are, they are a genuinely valuable bit of training that can set you up a long way. But with all of the people out there getting CS degrees, you can't expect to just, you know, graduate from a program with a CS degree and just be handed a job at Google or whatever. Uh, there's, there's still a lot of people out there getting these degrees and doing really interesting things with them. And so there's, uh, there's still a lot that you have to do to winks at the camera, stand out as a developer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so one final thing that people use their CS degrees is to get into grad school. And you share with us an interesting factoid that 20% of your class uh, go into PhD programs. That's 20% that's, uh, uh, of my friends, not my graduating class in general. You have very smart friends. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on grad school in, in, in general? Yeah, so there are two different programs that you can do. You can either try for a master's or try for a PhD. I think that most of the time, if you're just trying to get a job in computer science, that you don't need either of those because there's just so much demand. And four years, especially if you're doing stuff outside of class, is a lot of time to get trained up. And then once you graduate, you don't stop learning. You know, you learn on the job, you pick up new skills. So I don't think that a five-year PhD program or a shorter master's program is necessary to get a really good job and have a really strong career in computer science. The reasons that I do see people going into graduate programs, are there are a lot of them. Um, as we were talking about earlier in the, the episode, a lot of people come to CS degrees in America from other countries, and graduate programs are a great way to get five more years of that student visa life. Um, so, so that's one. Another one is if you're trying to do research, if you're trying to learn particular things about maybe you're super interested in architecture and compilers, or you're interested in very math-heavy artificial intelligence, statistics, that sort of thing. If there's any particular field that you're incredibly interested in, and that field is a deeply academic, very rigorous field, then oftentimes a PhD program is going to be the best way to get a lot of training and access in that particular field. And then the third reason that I see people going to a PhD program is when they want to teach, because you can you know, make a very good living as a teacher of computer science just on your own merits on the internet. You know, Lots of people are paying for information products about computer science. But if you want the traditional professorial role, most schools are going to require you to have a terminal degree, which means the highest degree available in a particular subject. And for computer science in most disciplines, that's going to be a PhD in some aspect of computing. I, I would say... If anyone thinking about you know to getting a PhD to go down that traditional professorial route, um, you know that you're playing a huge lottery because th there's a big crunch getting tenure and all that, and uh, the the rewards are much better sort of being an independent instructor. I think there's a there's a huge uh, concentration of attention, uh, especially online, on uh, to, towards the best teachers, and then people in the middle kind of get uh, you know screwed over. It, it's 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 going to be a lot more unequal than it used to be. That's true. The best teachers online are reaching unprecedentedly large audiences. <laughs> I'd say that with computer science PhDs in particular, there's somewhat less competition than in most other subjects, just because computer science PhDs have such wonderful job prospects outside of academia that sometimes it can be hard to recruit really great professors to different schools. 
but it still is a very long process for a very uncertain reward. I think I think that that was a great discussion on on uh, your, your views on CS degrees in general and and um, how they can help uh, and and the different you know takes and, and misconceptions around them. Um, Randall, anything else that you want to add? <laughs> no, I just want to thank you, Philip, so much for coming on to our little show. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>